Now on the tee, it's Maddie and the Caddy. Here's Matt Barry and Michael Collins. It is a major championship recap edition of your weekly tee box dysfunction alongside the Caddy. Michael Collins. I am the Maddie. This is Maddie and the Caddy, the podcast. We have completed. <laughs> All right, Mitch, we're going to keep this. No, in- no, because he, we're he just- so much- that's Ralph. He's calling to complain. That is Ralph. We'll get to Ralph in a minute because we are going to have a new thing on the podcast called This Week's Ralph. Um, <laughs> but this is the first time we, we're back from our major championship, PGA championship duties. Uh, Colin Morikawa, 23 years old. Ooh. Incredible. One of the greatest shots in major championship history. We'll get into all of this. But big picture caddy as we sit here on the week after a successful PGA championship, your thoughts? Golf is in an amazing place. Yeah, man. Because of the young talent that we saw. I mean, think about who was with Colin Morikawa. I know it's easy for you to say, easy for me to say when I haven't had enough coffee. Colin Morikawa was playing with Cameron Champ, and both of them at one time were tied for the lead. Yeah. Golf is in a great place. I I will say this. I have now had a couple of conversations, and one of them was in the airport leaving the PGA Championship. And I have had conversations with now multiple golfers who it's a very difficult thing for them to talk about because – you don't want to take away from the great golf that was played and you don't want to take away from the winner and you don't want to come off as a whiner. All right, you've prefaced enough. Okay. There is, and this is hard for me too because it gives you Oh, just get to it. There's a big difference winning a a major championship with no fans than than with fans. Ding, Ding. The energy. Ding. Yeah. So there are oh, there come are on plenty in, of Caddy, players. No, no, it's not. No, no. Come listen. On. <laughs> I am not. Here's the deal. I Going to not, the hot tub. <laughs> that boy, good. Um, <laughs> I am not jumping on the bandwagon of we shouldn't play majors without fans because I still think the majors do should be played. But I will say, and 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 I. I agree with what I have said, what I've, what I've been hearing from players. And that is you are going to get some different major winners potentially because they don't have to face the same. The pressure is not the same. Yes. Having yes, been yes, this, yes. this was one, my first golf tournament that I went to without fans, but the fact that it was a major as well. And then seeing at one time we had eight guys tie for the lead on Sunday. And I did a video on Instagram on Sunday that I let everyone listen to what it sounded like from right behind two green, looking up three tee box up to the third green and looking around. And I'm, and I'm literally in the middle of the golf course. I couldn't get any more in the middle of the golf course. And I did a video as the Sunday round was going on and there was nothing. Yeah. Look couple of things. One, I'm with you. 
you still had to hit world-class shots, which is what Colin Morikawa did. Yes, first, first and foremost, I'll, we're going to get that out of the way. We're not. Yes, I'm not. You're not saying. No, I'm not saying. Not, you still had to hit the shot. Yes, I'm not taking anything away so, from what. Yeah, I called featured groups this week, Thursday through Sunday, and Curtis Strain said it perfectly. It was Sunday at a major, and every day. We would every round we would do our pre-show, and then I would get a count in my ear from the producer to lay out for the public address announcer to announce the golfers. Right. So Sunday at a major, I'm getting my count and I'm laying out, and the public address announcer is saying, you know, four please, you know, from Dallas, Texas, Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs> Nothing. You know, from right. From Scottsdale's everywhere he's from now, Tony Finau. And Curtis said it numerous times. He goes, I can't tell you how odd that is that on Sunday at a major, there is absolutely nothing. And I will say this, and I said it about the Morikawa, ironically enough, putt against Justin Thomas. That I agreed with JT's you. JT's 54-footer yes. to make yes. with fan With fans and patrons, I'm not sure he's making that. And with it, without fans and patrons, with the pressure that comes along with it at his age and his career, look, I'll even throw in uh, Scotty Scheffler. I'll even throw him in there. Yes. Like there were guys that were there that were playing good golf under the conditions that they were presented that I just don't believe would have been around had they had to deal with the normal gallery that comes with Sunday at a major. It's, I'm gonna it, it I'm is gonna throw it. in I'm gonna throw in a guy who had a chance coming down the stretch who had never won a major before who is a veteran. Paul, Paul Casey. Casey. Yeah. Paul Casey you're not gonna tell me that I mean it was a, a Yeah, great, but he's been around at Augusta though. He's Yes, but has never closed the deal. No, he hasn't, you're right. Has and we'll start with the first T. When your name gets announced on the first tee at a major championship on a Thursday, the butterflies are not the same as at a regular event. And I can say that from experience. And I just had the bib on and a bag on my back. So I, I can't imagine how ramped up. I mean, don't forget, it's, it's 150 times as much at a Ryder Cup. And it's not, it's, you feel... The butterflies at a PGA Tour event a little bit. It, I guess it would be like for a major league baseball player stepping into the batter's box for the first time at game 100 as opposed to first game of the season or the playoff. Like the playoffs, the butterflies is going to be different. And the World Series, the, the butterflies is going to be different. So when you get your name announced on the first tee and the crowd goes nuts, those butterflies get actually the butterflies get jacked up when you're walking to the first tee because mm. you're walking through all that energy and electricity. Yes. And, and you've been warming up hearing roars during your that's, warm That's what I was trying to really show the essence of the PGA Championship, the first major that's that we it played now with no fans and that was standing in the middle of the golf course mm -hmm. and for almost one minute, I didn't want to let it silent for too long, but for almost a minute, no claps, no roars. All you heard was birds chirping. And there is major championship Sunday golf going on final round. Now, normally at a major, you will hear roars 
all over the place. And then you kind of know what group is where and what's going on. So the fact that these roars aren't happening, you have no, oh, what was that? I know who that was. When you're inside the ropes, you don't, and then you're, there aren't, there weren't a lot of scoreboards out there either. No. So it's like, you can really keep your nose down and just focus on what you're doing. Now, that being said, like I saw Dustin Johnson and Colin and those, I saw those guys in the middle of their rounds. Colin Morikawa made a putt to save par on the sixth hole that I true, whether there were fans there or not. I think was one of the key putts to him winning because you could see the confidence change. And it was about a 20 footer to save par on, on six before going to the reachable par four, seven. Yeah. Which wasn't necessarily reachable on Sunday, but still like those moments are so ramped up with, with a crowd there, even though guys will say, I get into my own headspace, and I will. And I also say as a caddy, in the middle of the round, a lot of times you don't even notice the crowd until the explosion See, happens. All right, let me use this as an analogy. So what I do at ESPN is I am a studio host. I anchor Sports Center, I host our ESPN college football coverage, and I do do golf for us. But when I'm in studio, it is me, a co-anchor, and a camera. There's a you know a couple of studio crews here and there. And I am so focused and locked in on that camera while there are times where I'm speaking to hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people that I just don't know it because it's just me and the camera. Right. Now, put me in a situation, and I'm comfortable, put me in a situation where I'm publicly speaking to thousands of people, I'm still comfortable in what I'm about to say, but, but I'm nervous and there's a little <laughs> more tension because I know all the eyes are on me in person. And that's the analogy I have for this golf this week. These guys, you know, and you get the adrenaline of the red light coming on anytime you go on camera. Of These guys are good at what they do. They're professionals at what they do playing golf, like I'm a professional at what I do. When there's no fans, there's still some pressure, but it's just them playing golf. Add in hundreds of thousands of eyeballs at the course, you know they're there, you're still good at your job, but you know that it's there, and that's what separates the Tiger Woods, the Rory McIlroy's, people like Brooks Kepka used the fans against him, like we saw Beth Page Black the year yep. before when they started chanting for DJ. Yep. There are players who were accustomed to playing in big time atmospheres. Phil and Tiger, period. It's just Phil it's, and and I'm telling you, it wasn't those guys who I who I talked to about this, but I'm telling you, there there were players that are they are losing their minds at the fact now that we played this first major that the pressure is not the same so then why did they step up and win because they it's almost like i agree with them but why didn't they take advantage of it because they need that pressure because that's why because without the pressure there like if if they play their normal golf with that, if they can play the normal golf that they'd play when the pressure is crazy ramped up, then without that pressure being crazy ramped up, what they're doing is average. It only becomes above average when you do that with the pressure jacked up. Without the pre- because a lot of times when the pressure is jacked up, that's when other guys start making mistakes. 
And then uh-huh. those mistakes get compounded because of that pressure of the energy and electricity that's around. I talked to someone one time who said everybody, and, 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 I, and I think this is a bit of an exaggeration, but I do think it's a byproduct. Everybody associates tiger galleries and star galleries with the roars, and that is true. But one of the most underrated aspects of a big gallery it's the moving and shuffling either A, after a roar, or B, if the star putts out and makes his putt first, people will scurry around the green <laughs> to go to the next hole before the other player in the group has got the putt. There are so many things that go on with, with crowds that, that the inexperienced golfer or the guy True. that there before doesn't deal with. But I will say this. One of the things that, was, that players were really struggling with dealing with because there was no crowd was now any little movement. Yes. Any little movement yes. was like our boy John Rom, friend of the podcast and and you know, friend of the program, he twice was really shook by a camera guy. Yep. And, oh. and one time, but here's this is why I love John Rom so much. He had he went up to a con, to a cameraman, had a little confrontation with a con, uh, a cameraman. Not nearly like what Bryson DeChambeau did, but Felt so bad about it that that night he couldn't he couldn't sleep because he had gone over and apologized to somebody else that he was like, man, I'm really sorry. I snapped. He felt so bad that he started texting me and asking, hey, can we find this person, please? Like, I, I, I my heart is so heavy right now. I need to find this person. I need to tell him I'm sorry. I need to apologize and let him know it wasn't your fault. I found the camera guy and the camera guy looks at me and goes, Mike. I don't, I love John Rahm. Like, I don't have a problem. He didn't do anything wrong. Like, he made a bogey and he was upset. There was some movement and stuff and I might have got him, I might not. He was like, tell him, that he doesn't have to apologize. And hey, Rahm was feeling so bad that even, I'm texting him, hey man, I was just with the camera guy, standing here watching him. He's trying to FaceTime. He wants to call me so he can say to the guy, and the guy's like, man, don't put him on right now because the cameraman is filming Tiger's warm-up. Right. But this is how John Rahman, and listen, there was other caddies who said, my player is yelling over at volunteers who are opening bags of chips 50 yards away. But because it's so quiet, you can clearly hear someone opening a bag of chips and eating potato chips 50 yards away, and it's at a major. And now take that into the cart traffic that you never see. You never see carts. On a golf course, ever. You know why? Because of the crowd. Well, that carts and cars. Uh, Lake Merced Boulevard that, that oh. it runs along the outside of it. Now, but the cars don't bother players because that's normal. Yeah, but back, background noise. But the movement we of carts. It, yeah. We were hearing it on the broadcast, and there were. Let me think. I would say easily, not exaggerating. We did Tiger, Justin, and Rory Thursday and Friday. Mm-hmm. We did Kepkun Rose on Saturday. We did Bryson and Finau on Sunday. Over the course of those four days, I would say minimum 10 times during our broadcast, a player backed off because of a camera person or because of noise that they're not accustomed to hearing. And right. Curtis and I talked about it because you have plenty of time when you're doing featured groups. <laughs> we were saying that it was too quiet. And then little things that normally weren't going to be. It was kind of the funny, like, golfers like it quiet, but there's such thing as too quiet. Yes. And that's what it was. 
Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things is there is there are levels of quiet. Yes. You know, and it's it, you know what it is? It's very similar to that sound machine that you had. I, I'm that glad you were you like, that up. Yeah, because you were like, hey, man, turn this sound machine on. And I was like, nah, I really don't usually need a sound machine. Like, it don't bother me at all. I'm good. And then you're like, you know what? Let me try this thing. And yes, when you first turn it on, you're like, oh, yeah, there's noise big time. There's no way I'm going to sleep to this. But it kind of blend, it blends in and just becomes background noise that is just a it's not a distraction because it stays consistent and, and that's, that's the hum of the fans that's the hum of the fans is it's a noise in the background that stays consistent and when that consistent noise isn't there then any little any little anything like you you're picked up you you definitely you have Colin Montgomery rabbit ears, you know, and so, guys who normally aren't distracted by stuff start getting distracted by stuff. And we've, we've, we've said it. It's a new normal. But I think we, you know, again, we'll, we'll move on here from the from the lack of noise and the little noise. But it, it, it's definitely going to be a factor. Caddy, I think it's great news reporting that players are starting to say, hey, you know what? This is a little bit. Here's why I feel I feel bad for the players, because. As a as a player, as guys who have played in a lot of major championships before, and guys who have won majors, mm-hmm. they're looking at this going, "This isn't right." But in the same token, as guys are playing majors, you don't want to be that. You don't want to be golf. You don't want to be Ralph. I don't want to be the guy who comes because what's going to happen is if a player came out and said, "Hey, this is not." Uh, not the same as a regular major championship, even though everything. Yeah, this is an asterisk. It's yeah, exactly. But if a player says that, then they come out as whiny and crybabies, and well, you should have just played better too. And that's that's why I feel bad that guys can't come out publicly and put their name on saying something like that because we know in today's gotcha culture, they're going to be like, "Oh, who do you think you are?" Like taking away, and that's the they don't want to take away from. The guy who won the major, because Colin Morikawa, he is hit a liked shot by, on sixteen that was world. Look, yes, it I was get, world class. But would would he hit the same shot? You know, would he chip in? Would everything is is it? It's always going to be what if. Know. I know. I which no, no. I guess stinks. we'll find out. Right. Uh, next back. year, maybe next year. All right. So let me take this with Colin Morikawa, and there are a group of players that I believe are in severe trouble of not taking advantage of their window because Morikawa, 23, Matthew Wolf 21, Victor Hovland, early 20s, they are now it. The, I'm sorry, the Rickies and the late, tw- the Spieths, and Spieths already taking these three majors, but this group that we just grew up with the late 20s now in their 30s group they're in trouble because this now wave of 20 somethings is coming and they're not going anywhere that's the first thing i thought of like more cowboys got his at 23 ricky and some of these other dudes are in trouble because these guys are good that's why i say that golf is in such a great place right so healthy because you think okay brooks now is the older, like, how funny is it that Brooks and Rory are the older statesmen? 
They're both Dustin 30. Johnson, Dustin Johnson, 32, right? right? 31, 32. Like, these guys are like, uh-oh. You know, the, now you're the middle generation that I've got to get mine now. Because of how golf is, it's so different than two generations ago where it was get on tour and just hope to keep your card. And now it's get on tour and win majors, not just tournaments, majors as soon as you get out here and they're ready and equipped mentally and game wise, which is crazy to think about, but awesome at the same time. But I think you're a hundred percent right. Like D- DJ now is 0 for four going into the final round of a major with the lead. Uh-huh. He's 0 for four. And I talked to another pro on the driving range who was like, Hey, if you keep putting yourself there, you're going to get it at some time. And I was like, um, no, that's not a guarantee now, especially in this different world that we live in. Just because you got a two-shot lead going into a Sunday at, the, at a major doesn't mean that eventually you're going to knock that door open. At, sometimes there's going to be another guy come through the back and be standing at the front door holding the door closed, looking at you through the screen going, <laughs> not today again. How's that feel? Well, I'll take look. I the winner was Colin Morikawa, dude. At one point on Sunday afternoon, Matthew Wolf was the clubhouse leader at ten under. Ten under, yep. So, yep. I mean, the the whole time I'm looking at that leaderboard, I'm like, all right, Finau still in his twenties, Bryson still in his twenties. He, you know, but the the thirty year olds and the player I keep coming back to is Ricky, because he's had. That tigerless window, and he had the window where there was a battle between Rory and Spieth and DJ. Justin Thomas still hadn't arrived on the scene yet in terms of a major championship caliber right. player. And it's like, man, now, now what? what's coming up? Right. And, you, and even the veterans now. I mean, you you know, you mentioned Brooks Kepka. What he did on Sunday was absolutely stunning. <laughs> And, you know, he made that birdie on 18 on Saturday to get to seven under. And it was like, oh, no, yeah, here it is. So there are two parts to this. One, I'm with you. And I said it on the broadcast. Golf has never been healthier Mm. because now you have five layers. Let's go through them. You've got 50-year-old Phil. Mm. You've got the 40-year-old group led by Tiger Woods. You've got the 30-year-old group led by Brooks, Rory, DJ, and that clique. You've got the late 20-somethings led by Spieth, Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler. And now you've got the mid to low 20s, Bryson, et cetera, uh, Colin, Vic. Like, that's five generations and layers of talent Yeah, that are coming on. And it's a good time for golf. And the best thing about this is too. Other than, I mean, baseball and basketball, yeah, well, no. Baseball, basketball, and hockey are going on. But without football, with without both footballs going on, and other than hockey and the playoffs starting, golf still has a grand stage, which is nice. And the numbers showed it. And the numbers yeah, showed It's really nice. But that's also, like, talk about Brooks Kepka. Does Brooks play at a different level if the place is slammed and he's what with spectators? You see, I know. I see the face that you're making, and I would make the same face too. I would 
I would I would be confident and comfortable saying if they would have let a ton of fans in on Sunday and changed that energy completely, that we might be talking about Brooks as a three-peat winner. You know why I'll say yes with Brooks is because he's stared down a Tiger comeback at Bell Reeve. Like, he's with, he's with done, tens of yeah. thousands of people he's screaming. He's done it. He did it at Shinnecock with Dustin Johnson. He did it at Beth Page again with Dustin Johnson. Like, he, yes, there are players that are in this world that have won a big time major championship because, you know, now that now that we think about it and we look at where the leaderboard sat at that one point on Sunday afternoon where there were seven dudes at 10 hundred. I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to have to make tea times for a playoff. Did you know uh, what the I, let me, sorry to cut you, but I got to tell you this. Do you know what the plan was? If they were play them all together. What? Yeah, they were going to play them all together. That would have. Can you imagine an some? No. Yes. That would have been mad. That would have been pure madness. Right. Pure madness. Isn't that incredible? No. Think about that. Look, as the as as the host who called the eight winners of the spelling bee. That, right. <laughs> that kind of chaos gets conversation. And you're telling me that if you didn't get a blasted alert on your phone that said there's an eight-way playoff right now at the PGA Championship, people wouldn't have stopped what they were doing to watch if they weren't watching already. No. I agree that that would have happened, but it would not have been in the best interest for of golf to have eight guys. That's 16 people walking off a tee. Like, this is not the Monday night league night, all right? Like, you're not chasing darkness or anything. Like, if you're going to really do this, what would have been, what would have been cool is if, if, let's say it's eight guys or even six, split it into two groups. All the names get drawn for a hat. First three guys go off and then have to wait behind the green for the other three guys to come up. Like that kind of drama of trying to figure out where everyone stands and what what the first group did. Do you want to be in that first group or do you want to be in the second group? Do you want to know what the other guys did or do you want to control your own? That's what I'm saying. I don't want to see eight guys hit tee shots and be like, all right, just to try and go, okay, wait, where did so-and-so go? Is he, wait, I thought he was over here. And imagine trying to identify the golf balls on there. That also would have been, huh, just madness, absolute madness. And in a three-hole aggregate like that, it's like, meh, I split it into two groups. But it didn't happen regardless. But just the thought of eight guys teeing off at one time, no, no, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. So now we move on and – you golf's got a new star in Colin Morikawa. Uh, Tiger Woods. Let's get into Tiger now. Okay. As expected, made the cut closely on the mm. line. Had to flirt with it going into Saturday. At one point, it was one over. He was hanging around one under even throughout the most of his round. Here, I, look, I'm as consistent as I can be with Tiger. I didn't expect him to do anything. I didn't expect him to win. I wouldn't have been surprised if he missed the cut. My take on Tiger hasn't changed. Get the rounds in, get the competitive rounds in, do what you got to do, and move forward to 2021. And I think he did that just fine. Putted brilliantly on Thursday, struggled a little bit on Friday. But, hey, he got in all four rounds. That's all you can ask for. Yeah, and, well, the big thing for me was all four rounds relatively healthy. Correct. Even he said he was surprised at how well his back holed up. Um, I know most people probably couldn't see it, but he had a bunch of KT tape on his back 
as well. So that part of it was was pretty. It was it was just really good to see that in those temperature conditions and the temperatures very much varied when there was no yeah. wind whatsoever. It felt comfortable and guys wanted to take off the outer layers. But knowing in 10 minutes, it was literally like you could feel someone flip a switch and the air just got cold for some and nothing really looked different. And so it, it was um, encouraging to see, I think, moving forward for Tiger. The question now is what's you know, and and Amanda Balionis asked him. And I think he kind of did answer and maybe let it slip. And then when she pressed him on it later, he changed his answer. But at the when she first asked him, how do you feel? And when's the next time we're going to see you? He said, now I have a week off. Yes. To get ready. So he is 47th in the FedEx Cup. There is absolutely no chance. I know. See, and this is, I look, I've been saying this from the beginning. I don't think he could care less about the FedEx Cup right now. Unless, unless he goes and plays next week at not this week in Greensboro, but plays the first event. Because TBC Boston guy has some kind of good history there. He's played pretty mm-hmm. good there in the past, right? So let's say he goes there and after a week off, the game is a little sharper, hasn't had much time to put any rust on it. Let's say he gets the top five and now is or top four and is inside the top 30. Now, he will have to roll the dice and not play BMW. Because there is no way he can play three in a row. Now, especially if he's going to be preparing for the U.S. Open. Yeah, so I'm looking. I'm, I'm digging up the schedule here right now as you're saying this because I I want to put eyes on what you're saying. Here's the deal: he can't play. He's not playing three in a row. He's not playing Wyndham. Obviously, we know that. There's no way. Yes. Yeah. My vote for Tiger is. BMW, then the Tour Championship. You think he's playing two in a row? Yes. N- no. Yes. Uh-uh. Because I, he knows he's got the week off at Safeway Open. So he goes two in a row to see how that feels. Week off before the U.S. Open. So he goes August 27th, BMW, and then first week of September, Tour Championship. I think he wants to tune up for the Tour. He's the defending champ. Well, that doesn't mean anything. You have oh, to earn he, your way. He, did he win that? He won the last. Was that last year or year before? Year before. Year before. It was a year before. But it doesn't matter. Defending champ doesn't get you into the tour championship. You got to be top 30 in FedEx Cup. And in order to make it to the BMW, you got to be inside the top 70. That gets you on the BMW championship. So he's easily in the BMW. But if he really wants to make a run at the tour championship... He has to take BMW off because he won't play two in a row. He's not going to play three out of four because that's what he would have to do. Why? That's because his back won't hold up to that. No, no, no. Why three out of four? Well, that would be tour championship week off U.S. Open. So you're saying he's going to go BMW tour championship two in a row, 
week off, week off U.S. Open. That's yeah. three out of four. His That's back fine. can't. His, no, it's not for his back. It's not. See, I, I'm one of those that, that the stop, the start, the stop, the start, the stop, the start is more damaging than okay. You get a solid, you get a solid two weeks off from the PGA, which would be the Wyndham and the Northern Trust. Then you can really gear up for three or four. I don't, I, I don't think that his back is in that kind of position. We just, yeah, I think that's, that's the reason that he didn't, after LA, he, Mexico was off the table, you know, it's it, because in the year before the same thing happened where he played Genesis and went and tried to play Mexico. And even though he played okay in Mexico, he was playing hurt. And I don't think he wants to do that anymore. So I think because his back held up for these four days at the PGA Championship, that the his best case scenario is doing every other week. Week on, week off, week on, week off, week on, week off. Because yeah. that that actually does build consistency because you literally give yourself that plenty of time for the body to heal and you're you're not pushing it. And I think it also helps Tiger that the Ryder Cup got postponed. Because now you don't have the extra that extra week in there that you're trying to make the Ryder Cup team and play on the Ryder Cup team, which I think that makes the schedule a little easier for Tiger. But if the major championships are what matter, and there's a part of me that kind of is in your camp in a little bit, but not fully, that this year is so much different that I don't think the the ramp up there, like, this is the major I got to try and get. No, nah, this I'm going to show up at the major, and if I play good and get in contention, then fantastic on Sunday. We'll see what happens. I think next year is the year, and it's only at the Masters. But for right now, I think Tiger's just going to play smart. And if if he plays, that's the other thing. If he plays next week at Deutsche Bank or at, sorry, at Northern Trust, I, I always call it Deutsche Bank because it was in Boston. But if he plays, let's say he plays the Northern Trust. And he doesn't play well and either misses the cut or finishes outside the top 50. Now he can take three weeks off before the U.S. Open. Yeah, but there's no way to establish momentum in a season by doing he's that. Not, he's not a guy who needs to do that. No, I'm with you. I think, it, again, I think he should just do what he can this year and just get out of it healthy. And Which I, is why I think that the whole, like, and- trying to build momentum and play, he don't, that part, he don't care about that. And he, he look, the biggest thing for him is that he did get out of this healthy in some colder weather. He said afterwards he layered up quite a bit. And look, anyone who expected anything out of Tiger than what they got, just, you know. Unrealistic. Unrealistic. All right. Let's talk about the belly rub. <laughs> oh, Phil. Haven't. Bruh, so first seen off. Seen or heard this. Oh, boy. Of, I don't know how you missed it, but. Tiger gave me. Caddy was. <laughs> Getting rubs down on the course during an Friday. Friday of PGA Championship, I am walking with Tiger to try and keep everyone kind of abreast of what's going on. And he's playing the third, and then there's a way to walk across to get to four fairway, but you have to cut across five. You cut across five green where five green is. And you cut across six T-box to get to four. It circles kind of that way. So as I'm walking, I get 
over by six T box near where the fairway starts at six. And Phil's playing that hole. And Phil starts yelling, yo, Mikey, Mike, come here, man. Come on, come on, come here, come here. Now he's in the middle of the player walkway, now stepping onto the front of the fairway of number six. And he's yelling, come here, come here. And I'm like, what? And he goes, come here, come out, come out here, come here. Now, normal circumstances at a PGA championship with thousands of people, which Thank would be you. normally walking around Glad with him. Glad you put that in there. Thank you. There Go. is no way on God's green earth that I'm walking out there. There is absolutely no way on a Friday of a major championship or even a Friday of a regular championship. And here's the, the irony of the whole thing. He's playing with Ian Poulter. No, this was it was Saturday. It was Saturday because he's, yeah. he's yes, because it was a twosome and he's playing with Ian Poulter, who ironically enough saved my behind when my first week with ESPN in Phoenix, Arizona at the Waste Management, a camera angle made it look like I was walking in the middle of the tee box and walking into the fairway with players and I wasn't. And it was Ian Poulter who, when questioned by the tour, came to my defense without even me knowing it. And this was years ago before me and Ian were friends at all. And for no, he didn't have to do this, really def- went to my defense and was like, this guy hasn't done anything wrong. So now Phil calls me out to the fairway on a Saturday of a major championship. And I'm like, thinking something's wrong. And he's like, come here, man, come on, walk with me. And I'm looking around going, Oh man. And of course, I don't see the camera that's right of the fairway. So I run out to Phil. Hey, what's going on? Now, Phil has a brand new line of coffee that's coming out. And Saturday morning or Friday, he had get, let me, he brought me some of his coffee actually to try. And it was fantastic. It was amazing. That being said, I get out to him. Hey, man, what's up? And he gets this little poop eating grin on his face and goes, Come here, man. I need some of that luck. And he reaches out. And just starts rubbing my belly. He goes, I need to get some of that luck, man. And I was like, yeah, sure, man. <laughs> Here you go. You, I got you, bro. Here you go. And then we have a discussion on coffee and this, how he came up with the coffee, how long it's been in development. And I'm trying desperately to get off of the fairway because I know you just know, look, I'm, I'm not supposed to be in here, and Phil's not getting in trouble. Only one of us would get in trouble. Correct. <laughs> and it ain't going to be Phil. And McQuaid would yank your credentials so quick. What? Like, our boss, Mike. Our boss, yeah, who I love to death and it loves me too. Like He's, he's like my dude, and, and, I'm, and that's what I'm saying. I'm having half a panic attack. So I'm thinking, I got to get out of here. So we have this discussion. I run off, and my phone starts blowing up. One guy writes, I couldn't tell if you and Phil were arguing or having a joke. And as soon as I got that, I was like, oh, dear God, a camera caught that. Right. This is not good. So I immediately go online on our shortstop or the ESPN social media and tell the story. Look, here's what happened. So if anybody saw this, you got to know this is why Phil rubbed my belly. Right. Okay. blah, blah, blah. And we're good. And then I get a message. Yo. Did you see Phil just made eagle on seven after rubbing your belly? Huh? Yeah, Phil made eagle on seven. So I found this out, and I'm over by 10T. So now I go over, and I was like, let me go watch nine. 
So I watched the ninth hole, and he doesn't see me because I'm standing kind of next to a TV tower. And he hits a putt on nine for birdie, and it comes up just short. And then as he's walking off, he comes over, and he goes, yo, got to get that re-up. Come here, man. Let me get some. Rubs my belly again. And this time I'm like, hey, I got to get somebody to take a picture of this just so everybody knows, like, I'm not doing anything illegal or, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to get in trouble. Again, I don't want to get in trouble. But I want documentation that it's not me doing, like, Phil. Rubs the belly again, goes over to 10, birdie on 10. And now I haven't seen him. But my belly for the day is three under. And this now it does. It became a little bit of a thing. Which was funny, and the best part was then amazing. That Phil goes on, does it, has fun on the broadcast, blah blah blah. But I get a text message from him that night. And it was like, "Hey, the only time I saw you and rubbed the belly, I'm gonna need you to come walk every hole with me tomorrow." <laughs> I was like, "But here's the bad news. I would have loved if he would have mentioned that on the broadcast." Uh, well, I told Faldo to just ask him about his coffee uh, when they were on, but uh, like. Again, Phil, as a comedian, what Phil did to open that broadcast, <laughs> I'm good at three things, and he just let the third one hang out there, and they bit, they went for the bait, and no one got the joke. I was howling. So I, um, I missed it because I was doing my own. So Phil goes on the broadcast and sits down, and they were like, real happy to have Phil Mickelson on the broadcast. Man, we're excited to have you in here, and you know, how's it feel to have the headset on? And he goes, well, I'm good at three things, playing golf and talking about golf. And he and just they looked, obviously go. And what's Faldo the third? goes, wait, what's the third thing? And Phil just give him this look. This he has this smile on his face. And as a comic, like you just know, you just hooked him so hard. And Nance, even Nance was like, is there a oh uh, wait? And then Nance says, I think, because Faldo goes, Well, is wait, what's what's, what's the, the third, third thing? Yeah. yeah, what's the third thing? And Nance is like, I think he got to it went over your head and Mickelson no one caught it Mickelson goes yep I just watched it go flying I mean it was great and people didn't get it at all they were like what an awkward uncomfortable moment to start and I was like that was pure straight comedy and of course he's talking about <laughs> what exactly you know what I mean that's the whole point as a comedian you're like that was the greatest drop like that ever and they so did it so hard so, so the look, fact that he didn't say, well, here's the thing, the, to end the belly story. Yeah. So the next day, I wait and see him on number, coming off a of two, where he made some really nice up and downs to save par, but he starts the day even par. So walking from two green to three, he sees me and is like, man, I've been waiting for you. Let's get this started. And I hear, heard him on the green saying, all right, Tim, here we go, man. Let's start off this next hole. We're getting a birdie list. We're going to get on track and get things going, fired it up. And he comes over, rubs the belly, and I'm like, hit your favorite shot, man. You're going to love it. Well, his favorite shot's a, a cut. Well, what's he trying to hit? A draw. And he puts it up on the middle of the green, and then I don't walk to the green, and he three putts. And I was like, belly magic's gone. So he's got, he should have rubbed, rubbed the top of my head because that's what Patrick Reed did right before he played Roy McIlroy. So sometimes the magic is in the ball head and sometimes it's in the belly, but apparently the belly magic was gone. It was only a one-day thing. 
is I'm, you know, in the middle of my duties and I'm looking on social media and see this about the belly rub. I'm like, oh no, what the hell is that? <laughs> Bruh, that was but, the weirdest. Yeah. That if you if you needed to know that this major championship was just different than others without fans crawling with and security and marshals and volunteers, that's all you needed is proof that Sunday this- morning Tiger is chipping as he starts to warm up. He just puts the bucket down and I'm walking, I was talking to Rory Sabatini and Tiger goes, Hey man, what's the deal? How are you gonna be walking in the middle of a fairway? on a major championship Saturday. And of course, like I get this sinking. And then he starts giggling right after I feel like I got punched in the gut because he knows he got me. And I was just like, dude. And then Tiger goes, I will never. Because of course on social media, everyone's like, go let Tiger rub your belly. Go let Tiger rub your belly. And Tiger goes on Sunday morning, I will never, ever rub your belly. And I was like, that's cool. But then his boy Rob, without missing a beat, goes, we might rub that putter on your belly, though. That's cool. <laughs> See? You could just become the that. That sounds like I've got another episode of America's <laughs> Caddy queued up. Make it all about the belly. So, back to Phil for a minute. Yep. And then we will get into our picks recap and our picks for this week. Phil will not play on the Champions Tour. We all know that. Ooh. Okay. I don't think I don't think he'll do it. I think he'll do it from time to time, but he's not going to be he, like a, full, a regular, right? He doesn't need to be. No, well, he is going to be, and let's all agree we saw a glimpse of it. They're just waiting for him to be available to be full time TV. Yeah, he's got a not you just think, a career. He's going to yeah, have you know it, and I know. Those. Yeah, he's going to be a TV guy. Yeah. Well, here's the here's what we need too. What's great is. You know, where people are always saying, you know, oh, Fado better watch out. Nah, Phil, with the relationship that ESPN is going to have with the PGA Tour starting in 2022, Phil on our air would be killer because yep. he's, he's also a sports fanatic. So he will easily be able to transition to talking golf, to talking sports. And he's very knowledgeable about it as well and i would say phil an espn plus show right now called fireside chats with phil or fight you know what i mean oh man i would do it right now we're gonna do a we're gonna do i'm already dreaming of a crossover between america's caddy and fireside phil chats see like these are the kind of things that need to happen yes don't worry they will but right now phil is 63rd in the fedex cup you know and i think it matters to him to try and get into the tour championship, but he's not playing. He's not playing Greensboro either. It's amazing. The guys that are playing Greensboro that are trying to get that extra window money. So we're now at the point now where all, the field, um, the schedule is built up to this point, the PGA championship. Now we're kind of left scrambling for what's next because of the adjustment in schedule. Here's what we know about this week. This week is the window. We'll get to our picks for that in a minute. Last week to get in the playoffs. Last week to get it. What? Don't don't give me the thumbs down for the playoffs when you got guys like Zach Johnson or Rafa Sergio outside of the number. I think. I mean, even Shane Lowry. I think people have forgotten about the playoffs. We're still getting used to this new normal. I know. Well, that's the the thing about the playoffs. FedEx playoff promos, and I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right. Well, the other thing about this year being different with the playoffs is, in a normal year. 
if you don't make the FedEx Cup top 125, then you don't have a tour card for next year. That is not the case for this year. Yeah, they made some adjustments. Yeah, so if if you were inside the top 125 this year, then you have a full exempt next year, 2020-2021. So, and only the top five are coming off the Corn Ferry Tour. But regardless, like those guys still, I know somebody calling right now, be like, hey, I'm, I'm outside the top 125. There are some well-known guys that are outside the top 125, so if they don't make it, it's it's going to be weird at the playoffs. All right, so I keep getting the calls from Sports Center because those duties are coming, so I need to, <laughs> we need to get to wrap up the program here. All right, program. so uh, recapping results from a couple of weeks ago because we did our, our member guest recap. I am absolutely destroying caddy and stroke play. Oh, boy. Because the week before, I correctly predicted that Justin Thomas would win WGC. Because you're making up rules. No, no, no. WG, I, I, Justin Thomas was clear. This was the week he had a problem with it. And he <laughs> ended up being good for me. So Exactly. Justin, Justin Thomas, the winner, WGC. I had Justin Thomas, Bryson DeChambeau, Webb Simpson, Billy Horsch was my sleeper. Uh, 18, 22, 30. I was 35 under for that week to caddies 19 under and our stroke total now 116 under par to 88 under par and because of so i won the head-to-head there to make the record of the season four and uh four and three caddy still with the lead four to three this week we did at the major championships which we'll do at the majors we're going to do three matches all right so match one brooks kepka Versus Justin Thomas, Caddy wins because those were our picks to win. Mm. Caddy won that match, kept go over Justin Thomas. Second match, Tyrrell Hatton against Matthew Fitzpatrick. I won that match, which we both had as those as sleepers and they didn't pan out. Mm. And then Tony Finau versus Ricky Fowler. Mm. I won that match pretty handily. Which so Ricky now, missing the cut because of that swipe. The swipe double bogey. Oof. And so now I have tied it up four to four, and I am leading in stroke play. So now, although I'm not, listen, this no more. If you pick a dude the week before, I don't care if it's a major, man. You can't you can't go back to back with that dude. Okay. All right, cool. But I thought a major was different, but okay. No, it's the golf uh, tournament. Good to know. All right. Just making up rules so you can win. So I'll take the top pick this week. And we're going back to our normal format. We're going three picks and a sleeper. Cool. My first pick this week, I am going with Webb Simpson. I knew you were going there. Good one. Let me get Patrick Reed. Dude, how many weeks have you picked Patrick Reed? How many weeks has he come through for me? He keeps producing, though. All right. You're right. All right. I will now take, you know, I'm going to ride because I've been riding him. I like Billy Horschel. Ooh, that's that's not a bad pick whatsoever. Give me Sergio Garcia. Thank you for that pick. With my final pick this week, Kevin Kisner. So my team, Webb Simpson, Billy Horschel, Kevin Kisner. My team, Sergio Garcia, Patrick Reed, and 
for my third. The third pick is the third pick the sleeper or is just the regular third no, pick? Three in picks and a sleeper. Okay. For my third pick, I will take. Take your time. No one's waiting. I am taking my time. If I want to win, I'm not just going to be throwing that out there because I'm, I'm a little torn. Actually, you know what? My third pick, I'm going to take Harold Varner the third. Okay. He would have also qualified as a sleeper. He would have? And yes. Oh, okay. But I don't want him as All right, see, But you get two picks no matter what. So okay. take, And my sleeper is going to be Ches Reavy. Mm. Um, so my team complete. Webb Simpson, Billy Horschel, Kevin Kisner, sleeper, Ches Reavy. This is for the Wyndham. For the Wyndham, my sleeper will be Harris English. Okay. Recap your team, sir. Uh, Sergio Garcia, Patrick Reed, Harold Varner III, and my sleeper is Harris English. I love it. All right, so those are the picks this week. Finally, uh, a new segment to the program. This week's Ralph. (laughs) Who you got? So I think my Ralph this week is going to be PGA Championship related. Hmm. <laughs> Speaking of taking your time, I know because there were so many moments where I was like, "All right, that's you know what this week's Ralph is Bryson DeChambeau." What? No. Mm, okay, that's your Ralph. Go ahead. Why? Why Bryson? What did he do this week? Because he didn't like that our microphones were too close to the tee box, so he picked up and took the microphone out of the ground and moved it because he said it was too close and it was in his way. Well, if it's in his way. So you get a whole tee box. So he's my Ralph for cheating the fans, like Ralph cheated us out of music, for cheating the fans of good audio of his next temper tantrum. Wait, the shit, hold the on, man. my Ralph. We don't have much time to break that. Okay, fine, whatever, but that's bull. My Ralph is Brooks Kepka. Why? How are you going to be trolling your, uh, somebody that's supposed to be your boy? He didn't troll him. Whatever. This was the most overrated thing in the media. All he said was, is he's only got one. What's he, got one? he got three times as many wins as you, man. Be he, quiet. Doesn't matter. He's got four majors. So? The question was about whether or not he could get to leaders. He's like, well, yeah, Dustin's only got one. This is the wrong way. He didn't troll him. You're right. sensitive. I'm not sensitive. You Just, know what? You know what? There's, there ain't no reason to put. Here's the deal. When someone says, how's your chances, then keep everybody's name out your mouth. First you know what I'm saying? Buddies, That's like buddies with DJ, right? It, so it, if you're buddies with somebody, how are you gonna how are you gonna exacerbate the fact that the dude only has one major? There's no is reason it, for you to bring it up. If I'm asking fact, you about factually, you, is it factually incorrect? It's factually correct, but still, keep my name out your mouth if somebody talks about you. <laughs> if somebody asking about you, don't be like, "Well, Mike, this." Wait a minute, I didn't ask you about Mike. He was asked to assess his chances, so he went up and down the leaderboard. What's wrong with this? His chances. What are your chances? Well, if I play really well and do what I got to do and start making some more putts and stop missing fairways, then I got a really good chance because I still haven't had a crazy low round, like a 64, that I'm capable of. That's all you got to say. That's all you got to say. You ain't got to be, hey, you know what I mean? Assess your chances. Well, I don't like music, and Dustin Johnson only got one. All right, Ralph, shut up. You know what? so Kepka's your Ralph. The Shambo's my Just for Ralph. the week. He's my boy. You're lucky you're not a Ralph for getting your belly rubs during a major championship. <laughs> All right. That'll do it. Can't wait for the following week. Uh, by the way, Ralph, 
DM'd both of us. <laughs> we, will, we will read you those DMs next week. Baby. <laughs> Baby. Baby. <laughs> Alongside the caddy. Michael Collins. I'm Maddie. This has been another edition of <laughs> Maddie and the Caddy. Thanks for listening to Maddie and the Caddy. Check out more great ESPN podcasts in the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maddie and the Caddy.